Forb presents the Season 7 Wrap-Up. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And welcome to the end for now. Dot, 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 question mark. Hopefully not forever. (laughs) At least for now. At least for now. This is it. This is uh, the last episode of Orb before we go on ice, uh, before the movie comes out. Yes. Uh, real real quick, you know, if the movie comes out, there's been a lot of people talking about this merger. Yeah. Uh, which, I'm going to be honest, uh, people bringing that to my attention annoyed me in a way that was not fair to them. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to fucking think about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. We don't know yet. Uh, but I, yeah, I obviously really, really, really hope that's not the case. Um, you know, we, uh, not a great idea to let only like three companies own every fucking thing that ever existed. I know. Right. Because one dipshit can get it at the top and say, mm, animation. Yeah. No, or, ah. yeah. Uh, and I was about to say, hopefully it's far enough along in production that they can't throw it away. <laughs> nope. That won't well, help we're, it. We're, we're a scant 20 years. Away. Well, and also it's not like our boys are known for their lightning speed. I, I think they've been doing some voice stuff, but I don't know. Even, even if there was no question about it coming out, I was braced to wait upwards of two years. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. You know, to, to get a release date uh-huh. and get like a teaser. Like, you know, they're, they're, we got slow boys. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, them, the Batwoman, uh, movie or Catwoman, Batwoman, Batgirl movie getting canceled. Uh, and the developers or the, <laughs> The, the the producer saying unsalvageable uh, made me so curious about it. It really does make me curious. Or at I, least a Morbius. The, they, like the, Morbius the, salvageable. <laughs> this unsalvageable. I mean, d- different different studios. Um, yeah. I, I you know you know I saw conspiracy theories about that. Like oh they're trying to get a Morbius going. Like oh people are going to start talking about it. It just uh, mm. no. I just think that I think Warner's being dipshits because that's what giant media companies, companies are do yeah. yeah i got no skin in the game because i don't like dc movies and also i had no idea that a batgirl movie was being made the cast seemed interesting but i yeah. had no idea either yeah it was, so. it was cool that michael keaton was coming back but yeah yeah um yeah yeah i don't i don't know you should be able to by the time you're 20 if you're ever lost in the woods you should know three different ways to make a morbius <laughs> uh just out of things you find in the forest <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know enough about morbius to continue the joking on that so neither do i man surprising (laughs) everyone (laughs) he's a living vampire whatever the fuck that means um so we're here to talk about the season seven uh special features which are pretty scant Mm -hmm. um read your responses uh and do our first and worst yeah on season seven and you know reflect a little bit on the show Mm -hmm. um Uh, yeah let's get started with some deleted scenes Let's do uh, the extended scenes, really. There are only yes. a couple of these that were deleted, and there were ones we knew about uh, from the commentary. Uh, saying like, oh, we had to you know, drop this, specifically like final outros, uh, shift, yeah. shift things around to be, uh, you know, have different post credits. Uh, yeah. But there's uh, some interesting character stuff here, like uh, Curse of the Haunted Problem. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Hatred and Tiny Feet's dad were uh, were codependent enablers, which is yeah, fun. I, I like this a lot, like because it ends on the good button of like I came over the my basket. How do you do? Uh-huh. And it's great. And then he, you know, he sh- and then he's like, oh, he shot me, you know, and that's a funnier button. Uh-huh. And then, but the idea of Hank being like, then what happened? And being like, well, he we became drinking buddies. Yeah, and then yeah. just 
horrible alcoholics. <laughs> like, don't drink, son. Uh, I wondered whether they cut this a little bit because of uh, stereotypes around uh, First Nations, you know, indigenous people drinking. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I could see preferring to be safe. Yeah, uh, I was, I was curious about that because this, this is, or they just like the other button better. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is kind of button after button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing that I like is uh, <laughs> they, they they cut uh, Dean asking about Triana after he'd invited or- Orpheus over. Um, and we find out, you know, it's like, hey, so what's what's Triana up to? Oh, moving in her moving in with her boyfriend against her father's wishes. He's like, oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> I I like that. It make it makes sense that Dean. Like, I'm glad that we didn't spend more time on the plot. Uh-huh. You know, of, of Dean and Triana, like I respect them being like, we, we did everything we could do with that. It's weird that he wouldn't even ask about her. Yeah. You know, th- this made sense. I understand it doesn't add a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, to it. So I, I understand why it was cut, but it, it felt good and in character and yeah, you know, yeah. right to me. Because you would ask like, hey, what, what's she up to? Is she doing good? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the very least, a pulse check, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Rorqualla affair, Rorqualla affair, uh, has a bit with Scare Bear standing guard outside a community center where the guild is holding their meeting. Uh, my opinion on Scare Bear has so soured on mm-hmm. revisiting seven, season seven. I don't give a shit. Scare Bear can absolutely suck my entire ass. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just fuck this day of sex mocking a shit. Uh, <laughs> screw a Scare Bear. Great design. Mm-hmm. Misused. Yeah. Um, uh, high cost of loathing. Uh, we learn what triggered the alarm. It wasn't just the German tourists being in the room. They went out on, onto the balcony from Hank's room and tried to get back in uh, the door locked behind them. Such a, such a, such a key thing to put in the script. I know. Right. Wait, what if they were in for a second and then tried to get back in as opposed to just getting in in the first place? <laughs> the, uh, it's so, it's so funny that this is a deleted scene that you, <laughs> you know, you watch, uh, in the terminus mandate, uh, rusty wakes up after passing out, uh, on Denovia, and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still alive. Celebrates that. Uh, you know, kind of cute. And then in the original ending, uh, there's a scene with Hunter and Volcano uh, talking about uh, his penis being put back on wrong when yeah. he had his uh, his surgery reversed. Yes. Um, I, pre- I I prefer ending with the uh, with with the other. You know, that, that that's better to me. I don't remember what they ended with here. Uh, it, 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 it was it was everybody making their decision about whether or not they were going to stay. Oh, gotcha. I I mean I don't I'm not super crazy about that. Like a lot of the buttons mm-hmm. on the season, but I didn't need this joke. Yeah, you know it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Safrax protocol. They cut a bit with Dean. So you know uh, he, when he's talking to the comatose Hank, he says, "Oh, and you know, Dad." he told me he still masturbates they cut off a button on that uh dean figured you study by the time you turned 40 you would stop masturbating nope. like oh oh boy <laughs> yeah no it, you're just getting started <laughs> uh at 40 you figure out a lot of new secret techniques uh you get you get a dvd an unmarked dvd in the mail mm-hmm. that tells you new ways to do it like yeah so it's a your your career has not begun young dean mm-hmm um, yeah. There's also a bit with Brock uh, working with Helper to clean up after the slaughter of all the henchmen. Uh, Helper suggests using the boom broom. And I, I just, I like uh, Brock. I fucking hate that thing. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's cute. And more Helper is good. Mm-hmm. I was like more Pre- Helper. Pretty limp set of deleted and extended scenes. Yeah. 
you know, for the last uh, season. There's one, we're going to get to it. There's one shining moment of the the bonus features, I think. It's not this next thing, which is uh, Ghost and the Problem, which is just a non-treated version of the trippy video montage mm-hmm. that Jonas played from that episode. So if you want to see that without any surrounding context and uninterrupted, you can. Yeah. This is akin to them playing the full, giving us the full audio of Hatred's tour of the different uh, artifacts that were in the Venture Museum. But without um, jokes. Like without I, even attempts yeah. at jokes. Without you know, any, without, but yeah. <laughs> no incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very boring. Yeah. Uh, uh, the opposite of this. And it really made me want more Serena in the season because she's yes. kind of only in three episodes. Uh, but uh, just a special feature called Serena Goes Off. This is so good. Uh, I absolutely love this. So it was all of her getting mad at, you know, people. It would show the scene where Serena would be talking to somebody, usually Rocco, but other people. Mm -hmm. And then it would show the script of what she was supposed to say. Mm -hmm. And then just the several paragraphs of improv meanness. Uh Uh-huh. She would do. It's so fun. Kristen Malati is so good at this. Yeah. (laughs) It's a fucking joy. Yeah, uh, to see it's really good because uh, like each she you know she does the line like oh yeah you want me to date in the family and end up with a bunch of flippa babies yeah but she goes on babies. for like a like a whole minute and then ends yeah. on it's i love this one and they got to have like special staircases is that what you want from me <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> uh, i love the specificity of calling rocco a piece of white dog shit uh-huh uh, the first time I realized that like white dog shit thing, there's a, in the Sarah Silverman program, yep. uh, which yeah, has the, has a song where it's like, what happened to that white dog shit from the seventies? Uh huh. <laughs> Cause there used to, I feel like I used to see white dog shit all the time mm-hmm. and now I don't. And I don't know. I don't want to get into chemtrail shit, but it, <laughs> it's just a little bit concerting and but, it's a, and a little added bit of specificity that makes that insult really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> And just just her you know like her extended going off on rocco not knowing which um not knowing which video game consoles are, mm-hmm. are current Fine, the playstation <laughs> 2 what do you, now do you think it's the fucking 2000s do, do you, you know, know what just <laughs> I, i'm seriously concerned you don't know when this is do you have dementia because yeah. you know Who's the president? It, it, don't fucking answer that yeah. <laughs> just it's, you know it's it's hereditary you know or environmental you know maybe you were alone lead, lead paint because honestly that would fucking track with you it's, it's like, so good. It's she, like it, she, she doesn't uh, miss a beat as she's going. You can't even hear her thinking it up. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Milani is a fucking treasure is what I'm absolute out. treasure. It made me want more stuff with Kristen Milani. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, like this is somebody who is very funny who I don't really know. Uh huh. You know, this is going to make somebody mad. But I, I just I don't you know, apparently uh, she's in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Wolf yes. of Wall Street. Just a lot of stuff I just didn't happen to catch. I had no animus. Mm-hmm. towards this person but it makes me want to seek her out uh because she's so funny agreed yeah, yeah i was surprised work. i was surprised they had mentioned the fact that she uh you know went off on these improv jags in the vo sessions during the uh during the commentaries uh but i uh was pleasantly surprised that that, that they actually compiled these and they, they've done that kind of thing before on the special features and this is a funnier version of them <laughs> like the thing with I, diamond backdraft is great yeah, uh, I, I like I, this a little bit more. Oh uh, yeah, uh, D- Diamond Backdraft gets a lot of uh, uh, love from me just because Larry Murphy and because that performance was very much like Teddy uh, yeah. from uh, from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it it is also very cute. It's slightly less impressive to me mm-hmm. than this, which is just absolutely dense. 
with meanness. I'm, I'm over here Googling homework. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even Google in the living room. Uh, yeah. Very good shit. Uh, now to read your responses mm-hmm. uh, about this. Um, I'll go ahead and get started here with Rose. Rose says, Season season seven feels very internally at odds with the rest of the show. The peril partnership having very little setup nor payoff within the season, Oriana and the rest of the not Avengers not appearing, no real closure to the monarch's blue morpho crimes being revealed to Dr. Mrs. The attention uh, to world and character building in the season was significantly more loose than prior seasons. I'm glad for the high points and the laughs, but revisiting did take some shine off the apple. The biggest offender to me is the current season series finale and the tenning. We spent a whole two seasons learning that the monarch is not powerful enough to sit at the big kids, big kids table. Suddenly he's supposed to be a top tier threat while he's still worse off uh, now than he was in the first episode. Also, can you imagine wide whale and Rocco going through with that drama club production when whale was 10? Uh, never thought about that. It's yeah. a very funny idea. <laughs> That is a very funny idea, and also I imagine Wide Wide Whale would specifically pay money not to go through with that. Yeah, just like we don't do that in New York. Yeah, you know th- this is the merging of the two the two branches. They probably did not do that bullshit. Probably not. You know, it, it, it's not like uh, uh, Monstroso was going to do that either. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But also, a hundred percent agree on all those mm-hmm. things. <laughs> like that's yeah. We're we are simpatico, Rose. We are. Yeah. Um. Pondo says, my first complete torrent of the Venture Brothers was three seasons long. I was a kid, and I was hyped for every drop. I grew up with this thing, deeply invested, engaged with fan circles, and yet, somehow, I missed the Halloween special until after I had watched season six. This is consequential because I, and many and many other enthusiasts, uh, we were completely unaware of the scene where Dean is told he's a clone. Thing is, I preferred that ver- that version of the show's story. In the full canon, Dean learns this information and reacts to it by reinventing himself. The story many, if not most of us, consumed was markedly different. Dean showed up sad one day, and we were given a season of space to be nervous about it, paralleling what his family was going through. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I, I don't know. It was a big mistake to call that a special, because specials get filed differently. Yeah, like what 100%, it's a sloppy thing in terms of div- author intent. Mm-hmm. It's interesting the idea that uh, the uh, could be an intended effect of having him be depressed as a mystery. Mm. You know that, like the you know that's I think what Pondo was saying is like the the that had a pleasure as well. Yes, you know, spending a season without knowing, and that's mm-hmm. a cool idea when things yeah. like that happen accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't speak to what that would be like because I didn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's neat when when mistakes lead to unforeseen outcomes like that. Yeah. And it's good that it worked both ways. Yeah. Uh, John says, I stumbled across Orb sometime around the point you guys were finishing up the second season, and I've been listening weekly ever since. I've ever since. I've been a Venture Brothers fan since around 2008, and always found it to be a show that was tough to share my love for with others. Most of my friends never seemed to like the show when they watched a couple of episodes, or just flat out never would check it out in the first place. So as a result, I have been a silent fan for many years. This podcast was one of my one of the first major pieces of Venture Brothers fan media I ever immersed myself in, and I gotta say, you both did a great job throughout the series of being properly informative and entertaining overall. I disagree with some of your points expressed during the show, looking more at you, Gary, than Cole. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Uh, but I truly wanted to write in to thank you guys for making orb in the first place 
Venture Brothers is a niche show that doesn't have the biggest audience. So it's nice you guys helped shine a little more light onto it. Uh, it has been a great to listen to you guys talk about Venture Brothers for over the past year. John, P.S. Just need to clarify a point made in the Revenge Society episode. That episode claims that ours is the most underrated David Bowie album. Gary rightly contested that point, but failed to state that the correct answer, the most underrated David Bowie album is Reality from 2003. Uh, anyway, thanks for making Orb. I really do appreciate it. Reality. Huh. I don't. I don't I, what, what, what's, what's reality like? Uh, to, to me, and I don't want to get further on John's bad side uh, here. <laughs> to me, it is still a little too uh, adult contempo leaning. Okay. So it's it's after he came back. So he David Boy did his '90s identity crisis and did a bunch of industrial stuff with Trent Reznor. Mm-hmm. He came back uh, with hours, which was extremely adult contempo. Okay. And then took a long break and came back with an album called Heathen that I'm rather, rather fond of okay. uh, that was like the return to form album you okay. know, uh, for him. This is the next album for that. And it still has just a little bit too much of that to me. It's mm-hmm. probably like the David Bowie album. I know the least. Okay. Uh, Cause it, it never really grabbed me. Like each song is a little bit too long. Uh, it just, yeah, it's not my fave. Okay. But he does cover Jonathan Richmond's Pablo Picasso. And that's a great song. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, and I, I will admit I need to spend more time listening to reality. Yeah. I don't know how this became the show where you explain things to me. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's because it's all, all these uh, Bowie things, musical yeah, references. Yeah. It's because it's Bowie's a major fixture of the first four seasons of this show. True. Yeah. You know? Bowie, Bowie and comic book shit. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that you, you nailed it in one, actually. Like, it's, <laughs> it's both of those things. Yeah. So, you know, it's Marvel and Bowie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it, 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 it is really funny. Like the, like the different kinds of reactions that you and I get, you know, just, uh, mm-hmm. some of, some of these sort of, you know, the throw, throw away, they're looking more at you, Gary, than Cole. I, I am, I am, you know, oftentimes as negative as Gary is, I'm just diplomatic about it. And for some reason that gets me, ah, that's like a shield that is put up around yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weird thing too. Cause like, this is, this is not calling out John. This is a grander <laughs> context of our, our critical work. Uh, and everything, uh-huh. but, uh, it's really funny is one way to put it. Another way to put it is it's really fucking infuriating and, <laughs> and like infantilizing. Like I get mad on your behalf when this uh-huh. shit happens where somebody's just like, Oh, Cole, you, you know, you, you didn't say it in a passionate way. So I don't actually consider your opinion. <laughs> Even like we, we, you and I will say the same thing and somebody will be like, Oh man, I, I disagree Gary about that, this. Gary. Yeah. Like, we, we said the same fucking thing. Like yeah. we're in total lockstep on this, weirdos. Again, not John. <laughs> right. People who yell at us for no good reason. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's just it's just a funny way how uh the medium is the message and like uh-huh. you know, tone matters more than like what you you know, it, it's kind of uh depressing. It's like one bit. of those things where like, you know, the way you say something is more important than how than what you say, mm-hmm. which is not a reality that I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? just, it, it, it's, it's, it is a persistent dynamic. Yeah. And, and per, by persistent, we mean more than a decade. Yeah. Old. Like <laughs> it, it's, it sound if it sounds like we're being oversensitive, it just imagine some, like something like this happening to you for 10 years or more, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's not, it's not minor in our life. Right. Uh, I don't, I'm not trying to make John feel bad for invoking that at all. No, no, not even remotely. Like John was nice about it and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's just some people who do it are dicks. 
yeah. and infantilizing and shitty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, thank you, John. Thank you. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mean. I don't know if <laughs> Thanks, that came through. Clink, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hit a coffee mug with a screwdriver because I'm fiddling with a screwdriver. A toast um, to you. Hmm. Uh, Matthew writes, now that we're past the spoiler wall on all issues involved, I want to pitch an episode of the show that I literally dreamed one time nearly in its entirely sitting comfortably. Then I shall begin. Even though it isn't explored much, explored much Rick and Morty style multiverses are a thing in the show, right? Hit show on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> which means there is a universe where rusty takes Killinger's deal to arch his brother. This means that Rusty was not tapped to be uh, to build Gargantua 2's defenses, which means that the station survives and JJ riddled with late stage everything cancer, sick of guild games and just wanting to reconcile with family might seek to do so in alternate dimensions. Evil Rusty's pursuit of JJ leads Evil Rusty and Canonical Rusty into direct conflict. You can imagine the possibility space from there. Two Hanks? How could mm-hmm. Evil Hank stay evil presented with such an opportunity? Brock versus Brock. Monarch makes out like a bandit, though, because he gets to kill Rusty to save Rusty. It's all he ever wanted. Anyway, it's nice that a show, which basically started as Johnny Quest meets Death of a Salesman, is rich enough to <laughs> offer such fun possibilities. But of course, that episode wouldn't quite work. It isn't a show about confronting your choices head on. Uh, it's a show about burying them in the mundane day-to-day relationships you build and maybe making little stabs at understanding along the way. Thanks for covering the show, folks. Uh, I would uh, have never invested the time without your infectious passion for it. Much love. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a good idea. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I can imagine someone listening to this whose eyes inf- reflexively roll at the word multiverse mm-hmm. uh, because of how that's kind of in right now. And because of Marvel stuff yeah. uh, at the time, this show was an active and ongoing concern that would have been very novel. Yes. Uh, it also, you know, you, you want to say that the venture brothers never um, <clears throat> just took like show idea, like, Hey, this is a comic adventure cliche. We have to do it mm-hmm. uh, and never use that as a springboard for an episode that's a thousand percent untrue mm-hmm. they definitely did that uh-huh uh and this would have been more interesting than some of the ones that they did it's, i think, it, I think it's, it's a good pitch for an episode it's literal deus ex machina like older more successful rusty shows up at several points yeah yeah, yeah. it's great uh-huh. you know the big question mark on his chest <laughs> during, you know doing that duology it's it's very good uh i i really like the idea of Dean and Hank meeting other Dean and Hanks, especially with the clone angle. Uh huh. You know, there's there's something there, uh, and with this their character arcs being in you know about what their upbringing did to them. Yeah. Um. You know how much of that is out of their hands? Like they are victims mm-hmm. in this, and are their arcs are about shaking that off. What if they had a different upbringing? You know, what yeah. does a Hank and Dean who had that leg up? You know, that didn't have Rusty as a dad. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What was their potential? Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's a cool idea for an episode. Write a spec script. Please do. Yeah. Uh, Riley says, I watched the show for the first time in early summer before checking out the podcast. I don't want to say listening made me like the show less, but it certainly did bring the shortcomings of the Monarch's relationship with his wife and 21 into focus. Team Monarch is my favorite group. I like 21 returning to the fold, though. I wish he had kept the Viceroy as a name, given his more equal status. 
But 21 and Dr. and Mrs. the Monarch both care for each other and the Monarch a lot. They change uh, in response to what happens to them, have new goals they work towards, and genuinely try to work out their relationship issues. But the Monarch is just kind of an unsupportive dick. I feel how the Monarch is wrapped up as a character is going to be key in how I feel about the movie. I don't need or even want him to stop being a villain, and I'd be fine if things end up going well or poorly for him. But given that they won't be writing more stories for the character, I hope they take the opportunity to finally give us some resolution on his relationship with Rusty, but more importantly, his wife in 21. The future Rusty from the time cabinet calling him Malcolm and being generally amicable is something that has me cautiously optimistic that this long-needed shakeup will finally occur, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. This is, you know, maybe wrap-up thoughts, but just in response to this, you can do a character who is unchanging, right? You can do a character who does not learn, um, yeah. but their circumstances have to change. Like, there has to be a consequence for it, right? It, it, everybody cannot keep bending to them. That's I mean, that's the issue. Is it undercuts other characters around him? Yeah, you know, it makes uh, twenty one and Doctor and Mrs. the Monarch, who went through all these changes, seem kind of like dumbasses. Yeah, you know, uh, to for putting up with them, mm-hmm. you know, and just always forgiving him, always giving him a perma pass. Yeah, and like the thing that makes me sad about it is that uh, having the book and reading the commentaries and stuff, it really does feel like sometimes when they want to, when they don't want to change the monarch, they just tap the, Oh, he's a villain. Yeah. You know, button like, and sometimes even just putting that in his mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, he'll just, instead of changing his crapulence will just be him saying, I'm a fucking villain. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just not that interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have your characters be more than, than what their surface title is. I think. Yeah. More than their role. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Agreed. Like I would really like that to get more, more attention. Yeah. Uh, final, final response here. James says, Hey guys, uh, for me, the venture brothers and Duckfeed have always gone hand in hand in a convoluted way. I discovered both the network and this fantastic show in my first year of university, nearly six years ago, uh, finding I had a glut of free time that was ostensibly for studying. I decided to finally take the plunge on two longstanding recommendations from high school friends, Venture Brothers and Dark Souls. I fell in love with both the show and the game, uh, followed swiftly by you two beautiful boys as I searched for Dark Souls podcasts and found Bonfireside Chat. Because of the strange connection, discovering your shared love of the show and eventual announcement of Orb was an absolute joy, and I've loved your coverage and insight from start to finish. Sorry if this Gus Fest is is running long, so on to my actual Season 7 thoughts. In short, I'm hugely divided. The Morphic Trilogy was an absolute masterclass and felt like a perfect season finale. So much so that I didn't realize it wasn't the season six finale because the UK's free streaming service, all four, just auto plays the next episode immediately after the post credits. The Morphic Trilogy collects and ties up so many dangling and disparate threads with such finality that everything after, though fun, feels superfluous. Those following episodes have the exact same feel as the Marvel films immediately post Endgame. Enjoyable, but feeling unnecessary. Beyond the slight perfunctory vibe I get from everything uh, post-Morphic Trilogy, my biggest issue with Season 7 is uh, what I feel is the culmination of what I'm stupidly calling, Braden Cameron voice, the death of Sweet Dean. 
like you guys, I have always felt Dean's slow progression from the wide-eyed sweet boy we uh, we know into the dour, slightly bitter character he becomes. I found that relatable and very sad. His sleeping with Serena is the final nail in the coffin of sweet Dean. My issue with this doesn't come uh, doesn't come from just wanting my sweet boy back, uh, but from the lack of track laid for why both he and Serena uh, would do this to Hank. This is because we never see either of them this season, and I feel uh, it does both characters a disservice. Anyway, this has run way too long, but thanks for the, all the amazing shows you put out. Can't wait to listen to uh, what takes the orb spot. Go Team Venture! Uh, agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, w- well said. And yeah, I, I think that we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there, we talked about this in the last episode, there's a knife twist to it in that not only did we not get that track laid, but what we were doing instead of the track was tending bullshit and peril partnership bullshit mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that there wasn't time. Right. And there's intention to it. They straight up said, Oh, nobody cares about Dean's story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's, oh, uh, hello. I'm nobody. Hi. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just, I, I very much care about that, you know, mm-hmm. and you used to, too, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, uh, generally, generally agreed. Thank you very much for checking us out and checking out the network. Really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, um, thanks everybody for responding. Yeah. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, when that movie comes around, we will, uh, you know, we'll, have responses probably built into that episode mm-hmm. so keep an eye out you know we'll put out the call for that and keep your your thing open uh the final little segment we'll be doing before we go into kind of wrap-up thoughts are our first and worst for the season mm-hmm. do that during every uh season thing uh i will go first okay because i have something here uh and this is an obvious answer but i'm gonna say it anyway uh the saffrox protocol is my worst yeah on this uh i think not only it's not just what it represents but i also think it's a bad episode of the show yeah um yeah not enough laughs not enough good incident not enough good plot development Mm -hmm. some fun brock action but i think it's the worst (laughs) episode of the season yeah no i it it would it would be really hard for me to uh to disagree with that if i was to put a dishonorable mention i would say the enamorata consequence um what happens in that one that's the that's the one where they go back to the uh to, to, to the compounds. Oh, um, got you. Yeah. It's it's where the um uh oh gosh, the McManus and S four six four stuff really yes. gets begin it really begins in earnest. Um, uh, yeah, that that stuff sucks. I love I love the the guild negotiations mm-hmm. during that, but that stuff does suck. Yeah. That's showing up there. What is uh boy, these names. <laughs> just give just give a negative to the, all of the names. The uh the one with Novia. I think is also not great. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the, the terminus mandate. Yes. The, the other stuff that happens yeah. there, the, the, the guild side of that is ironically really good. Oh, the guild side is in- incredibly sweet. Actually. Yeah, the, I love the, it. The, the Novia stuff feels very perfunctory. Yeah. It just sucks. I understand they're trying to give Dr. Mrs. The monarch her own version of that, you know, and, and invoke her history and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the the scene you know with uh, Red Mantle and Dragoon, <laughs> we won. That's, yeah, it's, it's so sweet. And like we should probably watch another Downton Abbey. Uh, like it just <laughs> yeah. it's so it's. I I wasn't on those episodes because I had COVID. Uh huh. Um, it's it's one of my favorite moments in the series. <laughs> it's so uh, good. Yeah, it's, it's like exceedingly sweet. Um, uh, yeah. but oh, the, lady so and so, you're such a delicious bitch. 
delicious bitch. Uh, them, them. Yeah, there are a lot of ways they could have taken those two characters and making them family. Uh huh. You know, making them essentially an old married couple is such a good move. Uh huh. For them, I I love them so much. Yeah. That's something you know. A lot of my appreciations in this show, uh, the close read didn't help them. You know, that's when it did like my first watch through of the show. I remember feeling a little like neutral, uh, Mm -hmm. red mandal and dragoon. And this, I just like loved it. Yeah. This whole run, everything with them is great. (laughs) So, so that's, it's, uh, you know, it's also a forecast manufacturer as well. You know, there's like a good half and a bad half. Like a a bunch of these episodes are bisected that way. It's just uneven is, is kind of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, best? What do you got? Yeah. So for first, Anything in the Rourke, in the in the, anything in the Morphic trilogy is going to be mm-hmm. like up there, but it's hard to disentangle those, so it's hard to say. So, like, I think the most consistently enjoyable, like, you know, episode in the in, in the season is uh, the is the Curse of the Haunted Problem. I like I like mm-hmm. that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it may be a little bit because it, it's a it's a departure, but like in terms of you know, if we're pulling from the rest of the season entry and the Morphic trilogy as its own kind of separate thing. I mean, the Unicorn in Captivity is really hard to fuck with. Yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a, again another one that I I wasn't on. Big thanks to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that episode. Yeah, uh, so much. It's a really cool uh lore thing. Yeah. The idea that, you know, uh, the world allows these super science things to happen, but there are a couple things that are just, no, yeah. you know, it, 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 in a world where people can invent impossible things, <laughs> it's very interesting to have a solid answer for what happens when someone invents something that would literally change the world. It is, it is way more interesting to me than all of the OSI stuff that has developed in season five. Just the, like the fact that they were waiting for him to invent teleportation and then have them swing in and say, actually, no, capitalism's going to take the wheel on this one. We're going to yep. have to have you bury this. I, w- I would have loved to have seen follow up with that. Yeah. You know, like it's uh, really, like it's really disenchanting actually. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really good. That, that is for sure. Uh, my favorite episode of the season. Yeah. Uh, and then if I had to choose, you know, a second or honorable mention, uh, it'd be arrears in science. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the, the one that puts, brings together yeah. the, the morphic trilogy, uh, you know, that isn't about either individual storyline, but it's just the reveals mm-hmm. with, uh, with Jonas senior is really cool Yeah. to me. Not again, not super funny, just really interesting. And mm-hmm. then we also got the triad. Yep. Uh, for that, which makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's first and worst. That's first and worst. Uh, I was thinking about trying to do a first and worst for the series, but that's too hard. I don't that's way too that. hard. Yeah. I, yeah, it, I, I can't, I'm not going to, because it's so, it, it changes so much. It's kind of like first and worst REM song, you know, yes. like, Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> if I have to like, without, uh, being held to it, you know, I, I don't want to be at like St. Peter's gate being held yeah. to this. It might be operation prom. Yeah, that might be my favorite episode of the Venture Brothers. Yeah, uh, it's uh, really good. It's really funny. All the humor is character based. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has tons of heart. Uh, I love that resolution of of Brock and Molotov. That final, I love that uh, resolution of twenty one. Mm-hmm. I love like, the, the the resolution with uh, Dean and Triana. Yes, it's just just incredible. Like great, 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 great episode. Like I would have yeah. been. I'm glad that wasn't the series finale because a lot of cool stuff happened after that. But I do think that is the best finale the show has Yeah, uh, in it. Undoubtedly, that is them firing on every cylinder. Yep. 
just really, really good stuff. Yep. And I still get goosebumps when I hear that pulp song. So yeah. Yeah. I don't even care about pulp. I'm not a pulp <laughs> guy. It's just, they just use it so perfectly. Yeah. Um, it's got yeah, a masterful episode. Mm-hmm. Like just really, really good. Yeah. The, the conversation with the rusty venture. <laughs> ah, <laughs> like just, you know, James Urbaniak just making those noises. Uh, it, yeah. That, that episode is very hard to fuck with. Yeah. Exceedingly good. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, you know, as far as like grand, grand thoughts, I, I don't know that I have any, I, I, I kind of dreaded that coming in. Like, I don't have a huge summation. I feel like I've said what I need to say. And also it feels like a jinx to say, this is the last word on the venture brothers when there's more of it coming. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's been real fun to do this, this deep dive, even when it has been disillusioning, mm-hmm. you know, things that I did not notice, uh, you know, I didn't wasn't bothered by the monarch's character arc when I first watched the show in part because I just wasn't paying very close attention Mm -hmm. and in part because there were these long breaks between seasons. So I wasn't getting that continuity, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that would would lend itself to it. But I like a a deep read. I would rather see something for how it is than, you know, how I want it to be. Yeah. Um, And I would rather uh, appreciate the things that I appreciate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, even if that means there are some things that I feel like it could be improved, I, this, it was worth it to me. It was yeah. a really valuable experience to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, I saw these things and I'm going to leave the Venture Brothers in the dust. You know, a couple of yeah. years, I'll feel, you know, I'll want to at least AIDS, you know, a, 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 a one know, through spot four. Re- yeah. Yeah. One yeah. through four, or, you know, pick, pick highlights from, uh, from the last seasons or so. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, and it's going to be uh, give if my prediction is correct that the movie, if it comes out, will be years down the road. It'll be really hard not just to do a rewatch right before the movie. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of uh, like a venture, like in terms of uh, no pun intended, in terms of like a grand creative thing. I have t- So I know that like through this, we've been critical because, you know, it's our job. But the uh, I have so much admiration for what these two guys were able to pull off. Mm-hmm. and how weird it is yeah uh there's nothing like it it changed adult swim uh in terms of you know setting an expectation for the level of register that mm-hmm. adult swim should have um they followed every dumb idea that they had in a way that i really admire like when they were like let's do a t-shirt of the the month club mm-hmm. and and make it expensive and make them very specific and obscure yeah and they succeeded like mm-hmm. they liked it and they, they talked about it being a nightmare. They talk about different ones, not selling well and stuff. I know there, there are associated headaches for them, but it's really cool to watch people do something so boldly, uh, anti-commercial or anti-conventional business wisdom mm-hmm. in a creative project. Yeah. Uh, very admirable to me. Agreed. You know, yeah. that, that instinct, I think, you know, led them to making, some bad decisions, you know, but mm-hmm. like, it's a good instinct that just incidentally gave us, we're going to, you know, focus on S four, six, four and Kimberly McManus. Right. It, it's a double-edged sword. Yes. You know, but like, and, it wouldn't be risky yeah. if there wasn't risk associated. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you don't know when you make a risk, you don't know whether it pays off. Yeah. You know, like to them, it could have been the same thing as killing off the boys or killing off the clone farm. Uh-huh. You know, like that, felt risky to them. I'm sure at the time, like they felt very confident about it doing this thing, even though it's counterintuitive because it means that they have to break out of their, you know, adventure of the week. Life has no meaning 
kind of kind of mold. They might have felt similarly, like, hey, let's focus on these side characters and maybe we'll strike gold. Yeah. You know, maybe this will really resonate and work. There's a there's a discovery through creation yeah. process on display throughout uh the entirety of the Adventure Brothers. And mm-hmm. for us, we get to look at it once it's done with that knowledge they did not have. Yes. You know, we know the monarch never pays off. We know that Kimberly McManus shit was was a nonsense waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't know it when they they didn't know it until they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it I I stand by us being like, yeah, this we have to evaluate the work as it was. But I still really admire the spirit of what yeah. they were doing in in terms of trying to discover. Mm-hmm. Um, very beautiful. You know, not, not, we we do that as a we say that as a cliche like on on the network as like a joke thing but it is it's very beautiful i think yeah. as a creative work mm. um yeah so i'm i'm excited curious if and when we get the movie um uh, you know watching with bated breath to see what the result is kind of like i'm sure they're watching with bated breath yeah. like i don't i don't get the sense that anybody involved with creative um you know over there has any idea what the execs are going to do so well, I also, I would really love to know, uh, I'm sure they are waiting with bated breath. I don't know what they're doing now. Yeah. You know, and it, it's gotta be something, right? Like they're, they're, I think that they are still working, but you do get that sense through like commentaries and through the show that they're, they've grown apart and yeah. become perhaps less interested. I'm sure they want to put a button on it. So yeah. I'm sure they are waiting with, with bated breath, but I'm really curious as to where their level of investment is. Yes. You know, the, the same way for us that when we were watching the show as it came out, we'd have these year long breaks between seasons. Those breaks weren't breaks for them. Right. So while, you know, we watched seven seasons of a show and we got a couple of years to do whatever we wanted in between those seasons, they mm-hmm. were working on those seasons in between. Yeah. You know, I could see them just literally being done with it because they've been doing it for over a decade. Mm hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm just very curious about it. I really hope that they are still invested enough to give the work like the send off that I think the work deserves, even if I understand whatever their individual feelings of, on it are. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful boys. Yep. Um, um, and yeah, I don't, don't know how to end this other than to say if you are interested in our television recap approach, uh, uh, best quality vacuum is on its way. Yeah. Tone might be a little different. Yeah. The, the uh, it's a, it's a, it's a arguably a more serious show. Yes. Um, the, uh, I, we're still going to make jokes and stuff, but yeah, there's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be a lot more gushing about performances and lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's worth like, it's, I don't think either of those shows are flawless, mm-hmm. uh, but the level of enthusiasm I have is at this weird fevered pitch. Yeah, for it uh and people you know i i think that it is uh it'll play really well with fans of those shows mm-hmm. you know? yeah not exclusively i love it for everyone to give it a, t- a shot but i think that it's gonna be a little bit of a love fest yeah it'll be a while because we have to get through breaking bad but i want people to uh take it as an opportunity uh to uh get into better call Saul, especially if they bounced off of it in the first yeah. two seasons but yeah. well, i also want people to take an opportunity to get into breaking bad yeah. Uh, there, there's, you know, uh, neither of those shows are what their simple log line is, which is kind mm-hmm. of the shared DNA with Venture Brothers, right? Yeah. yeah. Like Venture Brothers seems like a Johnny Quest cartoon parody, but there was depth there that's worth looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know any better, you're like, oh, Breaking Bad is just the violent crime show. 
No. And it's really not, uh, you know, and Better Call Saul is not just the goofy lawyer show. No. You know, it, there, there's a lot more going on there. It's, yeah, it's the heartbreak of rejection. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's, it's the, the heartbreak of rejection that comes when the world will not stoop to your level. Mm-hmm. The anger you feel when people will not be as bad as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the two different approaches to exploring what a bad person does to the people and world around them mm-hmm. as kind of this like epicenter of, of rot uh, yeah. is really masterfully done. Yeah. Just, um, uh, just shows about walking disasters. Yep. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, you know, uh, and, and our other shows, check out the other shows, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't have to be goodbye. Even if there is not a movie. Yeah. You know, follow us to other stuff. Please do. Yeah. Um, uh, we appreciate you. This has been really fun. This has, uh, just in, in the, in the wrap up, I would like to thank, um, some people who have been pretty important, Absolutely. uh, three names right here. So thank you, Brayton Cameron, uh, the unnamed third, uh, third voice, uh, who mm-hmm. does the, uh, the intros, the SNL style, uh, episode announcements. It's going to be uh, real weird when he does those for breaking bad. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and the just, bags in the river <laughs> duck feed presents down over abq yeah. Yeah, down yeah. uh yeah um huge thanks to gwen who composed our uh excellent theme song yep absolutely. um and uh, joshua and joshua uh joshua jer for doing our uh for doing our key art for doing the cover art uh, both the logo and the uh, and the uh, album cover, sh- you know, the show art, uh, all very excellent. And all people who have done great stuff. Thanks to all of our guests as well. To me, to name. Yes. But um, yeah. help to make the show what it is. Yeah. I, probably not that many to name. We kind of fell off doing that. And that's, we did, yeah. that's guest. But it, to be a couple of people asked about that. And it's like, well, uh, mo- a lot of, we didn't want to just have the same people back over and over. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I know who like the Venture Brothers stopped watching. Yes. You know, so it, it became difficult to find fresh voices without cold calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't want a cold call. Yeah, that would be rough. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, so yeah, thank, thank you very much to to our guest and big thanks uh, specifically to Jeremy for subbing mm-hmm. when I was sick. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah. we got to do it. Yeah, one we last do one it. for it's now. Finally, finally yeah, uh, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. Uh, go, go Team Venture. Team Venture.